right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, you guys? And uh, sorry for the hiatus, but uh, we're, we're, back. We're, we're back, and it's uh, not our normal night. Uh, I don't know if we've ever done one on a Thursday night. Uh, I, I don't think we have. Basically, you were busy, I was busy, then we were both busy, and then just life happened. And then we're like podcast is dumb we're not doing it anymore and uh then i got a text message today from dozer feeling like a podcast tonight well is what happened is one of my customers and friends does a podcast Derek hayden the central illinois business leaders podcast yeah and we were just kind of talking about podcasts and i was and my wife was like hey Derek, does like anybody see you in public and like hey you're the guy from the podcast is like absolutely never and I was like, really? Like that happens to me kind of semi, semi, semi frequently, semi often. Yeah. And he's like, no, that never. And theirs is, I assume, way bigger than ours. <clears throat> well, they do a video. Yeah. And they do a video and all kind of stuff. It's, it's on YouTube. And so I was like, yeah, our fans are a lot better than other people's fans. So I was just thinking we better give them another episode. Yeah, shout out to the fans because I've I've had several customers and friends reach out in the last two or three weeks, like, oh, another Wednesday, no podcast. So Are we gonna wait till Wednesday or are you just gonna drop this? No, we'll wait till Wednesday. You're gonna wait. Do you wanna drop I gotta edit it? Well, so just drop it whenever at this point. Oh. Give, the, give the people what they want. Unless we like tease it on social media coming up like pod like the moment you've been waiting for <laughs> and then it's a huge letdown yeah <laughs> i don't all care right, well this is it we're done all right Here's thanks for podcast, listening guys we'll see you here. on the next one <laughs> so if you want us to do more podcasts also um my my friend has a merch store through jedco for his podcast and he's the only order so we've had quite a few orders through our merch store and we don't hardly ever push it so I assume Sam will put a link to this, but, uh, you know, buy some merch. We've got some t-shirts and I don't know if we have a hat or anything. We could add some hoodies. It's kind of getting to be hoodie weather. We, we, I think on a, on one episode, we asked like, what do you want to see on the, on the store? And I don't remember what feedback we got, if any, um, right. we, one day you and I discussed for about 30 seconds doing a huggy. Um, I, I remember that conversation. It did not get past that moment. Uh, no, no layouts have been submitted. It was tall yet. boy huggies. Tall boy. Every yeah. now and again, we drink some tall boys on here because I, I've been told that they exist. Never seen one, and I was kind of bitching about it at Jedco. And uh, Dozer said, "Figuratively, hold my beer." And in like thirty seconds, found one, and we thought, "Hey, we should probably do that because my all-time favorite twisted tea." only comes oh the pineapple a, the pineapple only comes in a tall boy um so i don't know thinking that might be kind of cool to do some huggies and which huggies i feel like are kind of played out everybody does huggies but like if you do a tall boy huggy with me and sam's face on it yeah i mean who wouldn't want a tall boy huggy with me and dozer's face on it i don't know but anyway um if you want a hat or something, Jedco got some pretty sweet hats today. I saw yeah, the new thing is PVC patches. Mm-hmm. So they're like a thick rubber, like 3d patch of your logo. And uh, I actually think I did a Snapchat of them and Kyle Willenberg said he'd be interested. And so we're going to start that process and 
Is that a pretty decent size setup fee on that? Or mm, sixty bucks? Oh, that's next to nothing. Essentially, out of the ordinary of other setups, right? Um, like belt buckles used the setup fee on belt buckles used to be like fifteen hundred dollars because that'd make a cast mold or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I guess the majority of this episode is going to be what's new. Just what's new. A lot of shit is new. And we'll we'll end with a debate. We'll end with the debate. Okay, we can do so, that. Uh, should we tease it? Because I feel like if we tease it, people might stick around. Okay. So there is a divide in my friendship and family in my life on Android versus iPhone. Okay. And we won't go much past that yet, but... I need a new phone, and Sam is trying to get me to the other team. Now, you'll know because somebody with one type of phone never, ever tries to get the other person to join their team. It's only the person with one button that thinks everybody should have one. So we'll get to that. Or no button. Yeah, no button. Unreal. (laughs) Anyway, so... uh, We'll segue into that in several hours. (laughs) So where, I mean... When was the last time that we even did an episode? I can't even remember. Mm, it's been a minute. I got to look it up. Hey, hang on. Uh, it was September 13th. It was the Labor Day recap. So that's been some time ago <laughs> because it is October 19th. So it's been a month and a, a week. Month. That's, which is we, we hit our longest dry spell uh, during our one year anniversary. Right, so, so we have officially been doing this for one year. I don't know if we we talked at one point about having a big one year celebration episode. About <laughs> having a big celebration episode, we were gonna like put clips together of our favorite moments on the show, but we don't know how to edit that good, so we're not gonna do it. Right. So uh, I guess directly following the last episode airing. I went to Bowling Green for Mo Party, took the GTX down there. Um, that was a really, really good time. Don't really have much to say about it other than they still haven't got the drag racing quite figured out. I think we touched on that a little bit before I went. And uh, it, it was okay, but it still ends at 8 o'clock. You know, no matter what's going on, 8 o'clock drag racing is over with, which is absurd in the drag racing world. Um, other than that, pretty uneventful trip, which we've talked before, like if road trips are uneventful, you don't really remember them, but at the same time, that's kind of what you're looking for. You know, uneventful is drama free. So kind of a catch 22, but me and Sam are looking into getting into some, um, eventful road trips. So, are, are, so we're not like, going in chronological order then? Uh, oh, let's do chronological. Because I, I was just kind of like, going through my calendar, seeing okay, what we like, had. Let's go so, through chronological order, so, I guess. So that was I'm going to fi- go through my pictures is okay. how I'm going to do this. Well, that was 15th. and oh, I don't take enough pictures. So that was the 15th and the 16th. <clears throat> Jason, work on him on the pictures. Yeah, so I probably should do more. Most of my pictures are all work-related. Like, if you go through my camera roll, it's all pictures of tools and serial numbers and stuff. So. Uh, but that was that weekend. And to touch on what you were saying about getting called out in public, the following weekend was the Altamont swap meet. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we wanted to talk about. Um, I'm going through my pictures. There's a lot of life has happened. A lot of life. I really I mean, a lot. a lot of life has happened since our last one. I mean, a lot can happen in a month. But uh, 
let's let's talk on the swap meet. So okay. first off, the swap meet, they normally do it in the spring. Correct. They have recently started doing it in the fall. And we went, and I think this was the first year I did not buy something. Uh, and I am in the same boat as that. Usually we come home with a truck bed full of stuff. But this one, they either wanted approximately a Brazilian dollars. A Brazilian dollars. Yeah, yeah. or is just there just wasn't much there. Which just is whatever. Small block Chevy intake manifolds and, and small block Chevy exhaust manifolds. Like, woo. Which is it's normally pretty Chevy heavy, but uh, heavy heavy. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just it, it seemed a little bit disappointing. One one vendor that's normally there that wasn't was the uh, like the Chinese tool and consumable guy, mm-hmm. like where you could get like relays and cookie discs and. I just don't think people are used to it being in the fall yet. I, I think that's probably uh, that's probably a fair assessment. But uh, I was talking to, uh, I don't remember who I was talking I think Dan Worley or somebody. Yeah, the guy who does the pins driving. No, that's Tim Gebhardt. Um, so we were talking to a, um, a Fredrickson. If we're talking, anyway, you go to your story. Anyway, I thought I w- you were talking about something else. No, I was talking to Dan, and we were looking at a trailer full of stuff, and... Uh, was that the skinnier, older guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the the seventy three year old, sixteen year old, yeah, okay. who does a burnout on his birthday in front of his house every year. Nice. Yeah, he's that guy. Anyway, uh, a random gentleman came up to me and was like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was he he was either talking about you or me, and he was like, you uh, you're not gonna get any deals here being a celebrity. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't even recognize this guy. I didn't know him. And, uh, he's like, you're the guy from the podcast, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I recognize the voice. (laughs) I was like, it finally happened because it happened to you the other, I don't know, a while back. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I just like, thought. I it wish would... my wife would be here so she knows I'm famous. Yeah, like see, see, I'm, see? I'm kind of a big deal. So, so I don't guess you got his name, did you? The gentleman that came up to me. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Shout out to you if you're listening. Please email in ask short story yeah. long. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. Yeah, we'll we'll get you on. You can either call in or you can show up, and we'll uh. We'll get you on the show. We can talk about how you found us and what you think about the show and things like that. So Yeah, and we need to get uh, Rebecca Bickle on the show. She's a big fan. She always messages me about the show, but she said she's too shy to be on. So Too shy? Yeah. Okay, well, can't be any more shy than Laren. Just didn't want to talk the whole time. <laughs> Laren, what did you think about that? It was okay. Didn't, didn't want to talk the whole time, which is what we're doing here. Yeah, that's <laughs> our MO. Um. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for making me feel good about myself and giving us a reason to do this. Yeah. We, well, then we went and talked to the, who's the pinstriping guy, Gebhardt, Tim Gebhardt. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, that's the famous dozer dial. Finally good to meet him. I'm like, what is that? That was like a minute after the other guy came up. I'm like, what is happening? Well, I, well, locally like, hated, I, I hope, guess. I hope my head can get inside the truck when we leave. No kidding. Cause right? I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, the Frederick we were talking to was Mike. Okay. You got um, Mike, Mac. Um, 
Oh, there, there's a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, they all look the same. They all have cool stuff. Yep. Yeah, they're all they're all into hot rods. They're yeah, they're they they've been born and bred in it. You know, they've, yes. they've grown up around that. So, um, I seen Wes today. Okay, the pizza man. Nice. And he then uh, his Corvette. Did he? Yes, sir. I gave him a hard time. I was like, how do you not have white New Balances on right now? He's like, I sold that thing. Bought a Harley. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went from one to the other. So, I mean, he's still a boomer. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Watch out for Clibbins. Now he's got a hog to crank, so. <laughs> oh, oh shoot. Um. Anyway, so back to the swap meet deal. The springtime is apparently the one to go to. And uh, we talked to one of the guys from the class pack club about being possibly a vendor next year yes we should do it i know my father-in-law wants to and uh i think i think the dials you know and the derrickson slash short story long podcast we'll set up under the jedco tent like we'll make oh yeah oh nice yeah um we may need to find some tables though i don't i got tables you got to okay anyway so i cleaned up my garage in one of these aforementioned weeks between the podcast and i now have a shelf in my garage specifically for shit that i will take to the, nice. to the swap meet Pacific. so specifically for taking to the swap meet um uh what what uh what was what was the next thing in your camera roll if you're if you're going to interject in this, in this <clears throat> well i'll let you talk about this uh oh yeah so i guess i forgot something from big something big something from the uh speaking of being famous I mean, I you know, I'm home, so I don't have to worry about getting my head through the door. But I'm I'm <laughs> legitimately a big deal. I mean, yeah. people people just know me. So anyway, uh, at Mo party, we were just chillaxing, sitting in our tent underneath the tent, you know, behind the cars, in your own business, just mind our own business. And uh, this dude with a mullet walks by, and I kind of catch a glimpse of the side of his head. I didn't even read his shirt, but he was wearing a shirt that had his fucking name on it, and. Uh, I was like, and as, you know, true to form, I, I spoke and louder than I, I guess, intentionally spoke or, you know, <laughs> my voice carries. You always speak louder than you intentionally. I, I mean, I am just a loud person in general, but I was like, is that Stacy David? And he turns around and he's like, he points at me and the group we're standing by. He's like, there's my people. And uh, he comes up to me and he's like, you're going to be on camera. And I'm like, so, so, excuse me, what? Uh, come again? And uh, he's like, I'm, you're okay. I'm used to not being on camera. I'm a podcaster. Yeah, I should have said that. But yeah. uh, you Amanda would have went blind for my rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she was digging it. I should have been like, oh, you recognize me from my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so he comes out. You okay with that? I was like, hell yeah, yeah. So he... Uh, he puts a mic on and he's got a, like a social media guy and a vest following around. And he interviews me about the car, asks me about the car and about Marlene's charger. And he's like, are these your people here? And, you know, talked about the car for a little bit and I don't know, probably a little three minute interview. And then I got my picture taken with him and, uh, looks kinda, like he touched your shoulder. He did. He now, did. Have you washed it yet? But yeah, I've washed my shoulder. Oh, yeah. No. I'm not Jason. That was stupid. Um, anyway, so he, uh, you know, basically thank me for my time. And, uh, then he's like, yeah, well, this might be on the shore or whatever. And it's not, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I have not sought it out, but my and Marlene's car is on his Instagram, what on like his recap reel or whatever from Bo Party. So that was kind of cool. But uh, I was not on air. I was recorded, but not on air. So not published. Yes, unpublished. So, yep, that's uh, that was pretty cool for Mo Party. What uh, what was on what was on your camera roll after that? Dose? Well, my well, right before that was <clears throat> I bought an '89 Mustang for some reason because it was cheap. It was cheap. It was six hundred dollars. That was literally your justification. Yeah. Don't want it, but everybody's when... like, "Why are you buying another car? Why don't you finish your like?" It was the taint. It was the price of like three Phillips on my diesel pickup truck. Right. I bought a whole car and 1980, 1980s cars are just going up in, in value. So I thought about, so <clears throat> this was about the same time that hot rod drag week hit. And I was just all juiced up on drag and drive. If, if you're listening to this and don't know what it is, Google it, hot rod drag week, drag and drives are big. Basically you drive your car between racetracks and race a different racetrack every day drive your race car no trailering no tow rigs and it's just an epic time and it's like taking over like it's huge it's a big deal now it's huge and drag week was happening and i was like i well and then in the middle of this which is probably coming yet as well uh our past guest joe gasper we went and Josh Stork and some other people from town went up to Coles County Dragway. Need to turn me up a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. Well, you moved your microphone. Well, I was in the mic and I was wanting to quit that shit. Yeah. The listeners, thank you for that little outburst. Okay, I'm, all right. Well, turn me. I can't hear myself in my. Sorry for everybody. Anyway, we went up to Coles County. Uh, my Falcon was inspired by Joe's four door Rambler. And I have not seen it run in 10 years in person. And he ripped off a 628. With a, with a three-second 60-foot. With a three-second 60-foot, and it was screaming. I mean, the exhaust out the fender was just hammering. I mean, and he's on a bench seat with a sloppy trans brake and just some wheels and tires bolted on the back with slicks that really don't you know fit the best you know they're not tucked or anything stock suspension uh it's not stock in the back it's like some homebrew stuff but stock in the front and you know my father-in-law's nova is a drag car put race gas in it not legal to drive on the street runs 660s and joe's got a four-door car that he can drive on the street that he rips off a 628 yeah he's just laughing about it like no big like not even breaking a sweat yeah like it's probably dude ain't got an sfi part on there <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah. and it just like as the kids say i was like shook <laughs> shooketh yeah shooketh <laughs> it was, i was just like my father-in-law has just a three thousand dollar set of heads you know, a torque converter that's the size of a donut, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just doesn't go as fast as Joe's car that's got a junkyard motor in it, a Chinese turbo. Right. Or running on ethanol. Yeah. It's very impressive and very, very uh, inspiring to me. So 
I guess because ex- I'm foggy on the details, but explain to me the sequence of events between Coles County Friday fun night and me saying, let's do it. I don't, I don't know the exact sequence of events, but essentially after that, I was like, yep, need to do drag week. And uh, did you, did you ask me about doing it to the Falcon and putting your six liter in the Falcon? Is that what started I'm it? I'm not sure. Cause I do have a six liter and a four L 80 and I was like, Sam, we need to do this. Like, I just feel like it would be really fun with Sam. And it's a business expense for podcast material. Exactly. We can write it off on our taxes that we don't file (laughs) for all the money we make doing this. Yeah, exactly. Negative $1,400 so far. Blessed. (laughs) Could be more. (laughs) (laughs) So somehow we get to the point. Well, is what it was is I was like, we should use there's guys run S tens in Colorado's and don't have to tow a trailer. They just throw all their tools in, in the bed. In the bed. And I was like, hey, you have an LS swapped Comanche. We should do drag week. And I one hundred expect one hundred percent expected you to tell me to get lost. And you're like, Yeah, I'm in. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> so we decided we're going to try to next summer do some sort of, it probably won't be hot rod drag week. And they've got some like three day dragon drives that are like Friday, Saturday, Sunday for a guy who's got a job. And you know, you gotta, you know, can't do a whole week. Right. You know, we might dip our toes in that. So Sam has a, what year is it? Do you even know? The Comanche? Yes. 89. It's an 89 Comanche. 5.3 in it, naturally aspirated with 4L60. And a Terminator. And a Holly Terminator, which is the good thing about it. Yep. The reason I bought it, honestly. Uh, it's a Terminator Max because it'll do drive-by-wire and it'll shift your transmission. Okay. So just a regular Terminator won't do those things. I'm still learning. Yes. You know, it's one of those like, <laughs> Sam, you should buy this. This has got good stuff in it. Sam's like, I don't know what any of this is, but my friends tell me it's a good deal. Yeah. Um. So I guess we're going to put a 4L80 in it, run it naturally aspirated, see how fast it goes. We were going to spray it until we looked into nitrous kits, and the cost of nitrous kits is outrageous. So, yeah, and basically, it's it's a light truck. It doesn't weigh much, but it's... So the Terminator is quote-unquote self-learning. Um, and... I've come to realize that it is self-learning enough to get it on a trailer and to the tuning location so you can get it over to Joe Gasper so he can plug away on the old laptop and, and get it running correctly. Um, and the truck, we may have touched on this before. The truck was built by a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid with the best of intentions. And in his defense, I couldn't have done that much fabrication when I was his age. Um, but a lot of stuff is wrong. Um, is there any wire nuts? I don't believe there's any wire nuts. Okay. There's a lot of heat shrink butt connectors that are not heat shrunk. Um, let's use the best heat shrink butt connectors made and then not utilize them. Finish it off. Um, so anyway, not to, you know, continue with the bore fill, but, um, (laughs) a a lot of stuff can be done way better. Proceed Um, with the bore fill. Namely, the wiring is pretty haphazard as we were talking about the, the way a unibody Jeep is set up 
it's very wide and narrow location for a radiator. So there's three electric fans. There's a transmission cooler in the bed with an electric fan, and they were all wired to ignition hot. Not necessarily a problem, except for the amp draw on those fans and a you know, questionably good, weak, whatever battery. Coupled with the cranking caused the voltage to drop below 10, 9.5, 10 volts, and it would no longer have enough voltage to have the coil spark and it would not start. As soon as you throw a jumper pack on it, fire right up. So there was a switch on the dash for fans. So I unwired what I thought was the trigger wire from the ignition and wired it to the switch. Worked great. Fired up when it was warm. Just shut the fans off, fired up, turn the fans on. That worked great for about 15 minutes. And then the switch melted because there's no relay. So he was running, I don't know, probably 30 to 40 amps worth of fans through like switch made for 15 12 14 gauge wire straight to a switch with no relay so it melted the switch and uh it got parked after that and then i was also not aware but now fully aware that (laughs) this is how we learn things this is how we learn the fuel cell and the cap shaped like a funnel on the top of the fuel cell is not watertight and when it's parked outside it rains and fills the fuel cell with water, which is not exactly combustible and therefore will not run on a water gasoline mixture. So I drained the fuel out of it, fuel water out of it, and put a couple bottles of heat and five gallons of 93 in it. And dozer come over, we got it fired up. It's inside now, uh, where I can now commence with rewiring the fans and, uh, getting everything kind of lined up like that so I can get it running good enough to take it to Joe to get it tuned. Then the plan is to get it, which now it's too late, but get it to uh, Coles County for a Friday fun night or something and kind of get a baseline ET on it. Which I would, I would drive to, to like in there in Tennessee somewhere. What's that in Tennessee, Western Tennessee? Um, don't know. Or in January, they have drag racing in Tennessee still. Or, or Memphis download an app on your phone and do a zero to 60 pull out in the country. Sure. If you want to do that, that sounds like a lot less work. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, basically we want to get a baseline to figure out like what we can expect performance wise with power adders, uh, which will then dictate moving forward what kind of stuff like so here's the deal <laughs> if you if you run us you know so fast according to nhra you got to have based on your speed all these different sfi rated in in individual parts and trying to do as little since you was but as m- the the most amount of or the least amount of steps possible like le- like for instance it needs a new rear end. It's got Dana 35 that's open it. So it's got to have something with a traction device. And if it runs faster than, I don't remember, was it 1050 in the quarter or something like that? You have to have a axle retaining device, which a Ford 8.8 does not have. And if you're going to add that to a Ford 8.8, you might as well just build a nine inch. Well, I already own a Ford 8.8 with low gears in it, 488 gears and a limited slip differential. So if 
it goes slow enough that we don't need axle retention devices, we can just run the 8A and be good. And then I picked up today a 4L80. If it goes so fast, you have to have an SFI flywheel. I need to buy a flywheel to bolt, to get rid of the 4L60 and bolt the 4L80 in. Is it going to run fast enough that I need an SFI flywheel? It sucked to have to pull the tranny back out just to throw a flywheel in it. But as long as the NHRA isn't listening to this, this has, has, has anyone ever been teched in and they're like, let me see your flywheel. How are they, how are they going to know? So Jerry's flywheel has a business card that comes with it that you show them the business card and all the information is on the business card. Really? Yes. Well, I don't know where it's Nobody's at. ever checked it and he doesn't know where that business card is. I guarantee you. Well, I, I got one of those with my SFI flywheel that's in the GTX. I don't know where it's at, but I got it somewhere. Just use that one and show it to him. I don't know where it's at. Well, that was stupid. I think I gave it to Kyle. It was like the sticker where you like peel the date off. Uh, and I was like, I don't need this. I didn't stick it on the flywheel. So like, here, Kyle, stick this on your roll bar or something. I don't know what you need it for. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's, it's safe to assume it's going to go real fast. So I would just make modifications based, accordingly. Based on that assumption, which, which the flywheel is a bad example because it's literally the same price for the SFI flywheel as any other. Like, I don't think you can, which at least on a Mopar, like you can't, you can't even buy an aftermarket flywheel. That's not SFI. I mean, the point of the LS is, is running stock stuff. Right. So anyway, irregardless, Sam's making excuses not to start his project. Essentially. That's exactly like, what I, I need to make sure I need to buy parts. I'm going to buy anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right now, right now, the holdup is what am I going to trigger the fans with? That's, we, <laughs> That's what we're bung up on. We, we've been going back and forth for two days. How are we going to trigger these? Email fans? us in. What's your favorite way to, to trigger fans? Do you trigger it with? Uh, do you trigger it with the ground? Do you trigger it with twelve volt reference? Do you trigger it with the with, Terminator? Yeah, with the Terminator. With a switch. Yeah. So a thermostat. So my fear is. If I trigger it with a, with the, so you got this Terminator that's fully capable of controlling all these different things. So is it, or is it not kind of hack job to not use the computer and use a mechanical switch on the dash? Well, my thought is, is my first experience with this truck, it will not start with the vans running. So if I turn the key switch on to start the truck and the Terminator comes on, with the engine not running and the temperature above whatever threshold is set in the Terminator, will the fans be running and therefore not allow the ignition to start the truck? That's my hangup, which I bought a $15 rocker switch to replace the melted one. I have a new rocker switch to do the fans with, but then do you let the Terminator control it and then use the rocker switch to kill the fans so you can start it? It's like, what do you do? Like, how, how like, that's, that's the little and details. We still don't know if the fans will even be running during cranking. Cause like on a regular car, whenever you're cranking your radio, your headlights, everything turns off. Right. So maybe the Terminator does that. Like, we don't know. We could ask It'd probably be easy. But, Just to email Holly, be like, hey. Or one of the 25,000 Holly Terminator groups on Facebook. Or read the directions. That would be something. Revolutionary. Yeah, let's not do that. 
Let's just ask. Let's just ask on a Facebook. Group. Google it. <laughs> Suck start a shotgun noob. Search. <laughs> oh, anyway. So yeah, that's that's the bad that's the bad idea that we are currently that's running with goal. right now. So my next picture is my confirmation for signing up for the CrossFit Festivus Games. So I am going to be a CrossFit competitor this Saturday. Which makes me salty. <laughs> Why? Because I invited you to Second Amendment Mantivity. You're just mad because I'm out here getting gains. I suppose that's part of it. Okay. So we'll report back on that. I'm feeling pretty good. We're competing in, it's a team thing. So my teammate and I are competing in the novice class because we've never competed before. Okay. <clears throat> feeling pretty good. Who's your teammate? Uh, Blake Davidson. Okay. Uh, I just he just goes to the CrossFit gym and so on and so forth. So does that mean you get one of those like fourteen dot four stickers for your back glass or something? I don't think so. No. <laughs> what, it, what is that? What those are? I thought that was a CrossFit thing. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like the white circles with the numbers in the circle. Well, some of that's like marathon stuff. Oh, lame. Oh, and here my next picture is our one-year anniversary picture. We ought to use that as a thumbnail. Okay, we could do that. Um, <clears throat> it's me and Sam on our first night. Ever recording a podcast. Ever recording a podcast with tall boy, twisted tees in the background. Hell yeah. Um, oh, and then, then I get into the Coles County night. Uh, there were some other guys from Effingham there too, but you know, a turbo LS is no longer like I'm gonna be the first guy in town. Like it's a thing now. Everybody's got them. It's, it's and not not that I'm hating. I love it. It's great. It it really is. It's the small block Chevy three quarter race cam of our generation for sure. And uh, I was talking about that with another guy. Um, while I helped Jeremy Sherwood a little bit on his Lincoln. I took his carburetor to a gentleman uh, that is a customer of mine who is just a absolute wizard when it comes to carburetors. One of his like coworkers said uh, he could probably make that stop sign run good if it had a carburetor. Okay. Um, but uh, he re- he rebuilt it for Jeremy, and we were just going through this 1979 Lincoln smog pump all the mm-hmm. vacuum lines and, and talk about all the things on it. And I was like, you know, these, these older generation guys, um, they, they were around it. Like they were like, they, they come up in it. Like they had, they like, they were in a situation where they had nothing else. They had to know how to rebuild a carburetor and do it right. And like my girlfriend's dad has a LS swap, uh, Chevelle wagon. He said, never again. Won't will will not ever do it again. He hates it. It's it's stupid. Um, Jeremy's got the LS in his uh seventy seven square body. Won't ever do it again. He'll put a big block in it. And and there's a lot of people that have that kind of attitude. And I think the issue with the LS is it gets sold wrong to people. Well, I, I'm getting to that. So whereas you get a little bit young, like I think that you know Dozer and I are what the Gen Z considers elder millennials. And I think we're kind of the beginning of the generation where we still enjoy the old stuff and we understand the old stuff, but quite possibly prefer the newer stuff. So 
you know, working on my five, seven Hemis and stuff, that kind of stuff. I get it. it I understand it. I'm not very well versed in the tuning aspect of the electronic, you know, controlled engines, but I prefer the rubber molded gaskets. You know, I prefer captured fasteners, you know, you know, things of that nature. And after building this 426 Hemi, like that, I'll never do that again. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend all this money, you know, go through the engine completely, brand new oil pan, brand new gasket bolted on and it's leaking <laughs> right it's new it shouldn't do that well it does because it's an old piece of shit um you know i got a two hundred thousand mile jeep out in the driveway that we put the cam from the whole the whole cam deal had the oil pan off put the old oil pan back on with the old gasket it's not leaking like it, there's right, technology. There, there's there's something to be said about the new things, but it's 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 like a generational thing because, no, you know, not many people our age can tune a carburetor, and not many people from you know Gen X can LS swap something, but how many of our peers have LS swaps over small block Chevy swaps? You know what I'm trying to say? Right. So like. Uh, it, it's just it's just an interesting observation because in the next thirty years there's going to be something else, probably electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles. Like there's like a, a BMW whatever XI8 whatever has fifteen hundred horsepower between the V6 and the electric motors in it, and it does a zero to sixty in like negative seconds or something. <laughs> um, Turns back time. Yeah. So. Perhaps the future of hot rodding is going that direction. Hopefully not, but it might. And maybe, you know, when we're drinking coffee on the front porch and retired, we'll see some kid 20 years old driving by in his hot rod Tesla that he hacked the computer to let it do some stupid shit it's not supposed to do. And we'll be, you know, like, oh, I, 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 I tried that electric motor swap once, never again, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <yeah>, so. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, it's 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 just an interesting discussion to have. But uh, well, I think the thing with the LS swap is it's sold as dirt cheap, and it it can be. I don't but, see how though. Don't going fast is expensive. Correct, but if you look at an older engine, like the issue is, like how my father in law did it. Okay, you go buy a used LS. Mm -hmm. How you're supposed to do it is you just put it in. Right. And go. Yep. Well, not him. He tears it apart. Rings, bearings, cam bearings. Puts it back together. Cam's too tight. Takes it out. Puts another set of cam bearings in. Like, you should have just left it. Right. At new stands for never, ever worked. Mm hmm And I was listening to, uh, it was like uh, Calvin Nelson's podcast. He was talking that. When an engine has 200,000 miles on it, all those parts that rub together have all been dancing partners for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when you put something new together, it, they don't, those, they're strangers. All those dancing partners inside your engine are strangers. Sure. And you just don't know how that's going to go. So another issue too, is I think people start with truck motors. Yep. And then buy all the aftermarket car accessories, which I think your father-in-law did. Mm -hmm. uh, or 
potential father-in-law, whatever you want to call that. But anyway, you know, he's probably got more money in brackets for the accessories than he did that he paid for the motor. Right. And motors aren't $300 anymore like they used to be either. Right. So I I think the the big selling point is LS. You get a roller cam, an old small block Chevy. You don't get a roller cam without sure. retrofit. You get six bolt mains, mm-hmm. not even a thing unless you have an aftermarket block. You get your stock rods will hold 1,500 horsepower, mm-hmm. not a thing on an old engine. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you're going to start with a GM car that came with a small block Chevy, an LS swap probably is expensive. Right. But an LS swap is still more bang for your buck if you're putting it in something that didn't have one than if you put a small block Chevrolet in it. Right. So I, I think people just misunderstand it. They especially in the early years before they got popular and you could buy a sloppy stage two cam for 160 bucks right. or whatever. And now they're 400. And, and there's more because like we were talking about the, the nitrous setup, the thousand dollars to put nitrous on an LS unreal for, for a wet kit. Thanks Biden. Um, you know, that's not cheap. And then like, so I, I, I just got the four L 80 today. It's got a four L 60 in it. Stage 20 whatever <laughs> allegedly and and that's the other thing every uh, all right right into the show have you ever seen a used transmission for sale that was not recently rebuilt i'm pretty sure every used transmission on the planet has been quote fingers recently, recently rebuilt recently rebuilt um i purchased sight unseen a 4L80 a couple weeks ago the guy said it was just rebuilt it was in a fedex van Got taken out of service because Obviously. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, so tranny's good. You know, shift's great, whatever. I'll, took I'll buy it through it. the pasture. Yeah, took it through the pasture. Shift's great. So I was like, sure, I'll buy it. So I bought it, and uh, two weeks go by, and he he brings it to work, and I pick it up today, and he's like, I, I, I put a bracket, you know, on the torque converter so it doesn't fall off. I was like, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Whatever. And there's a sticker on the torque converter that says warranty, void, removed, whatever. January 31st, 2012. Well, anybody who knows anything about rebuilding transmissions, you put a new, a new or rebuilt converter in it too. So that tells me it was rebuilt in 2012. Probably 2011. Probably 2000. Well, no, probably. Oh, okay. Well, to the, after it was rebuilt after January 31st, 2012. Mm-hmm. But probably before December 31st, 2012. You know what I mean? So anyway, just rebuilt 10 years ago, um, but took it through the pasture and it shifted good. So again, back to dancing partners, we're just going to throw a filter in it and run it. Just go. Because that just is what it is. But yeah, but back to like, it's cheap. It's cheap. A 4L80 to buy a rebuilt one is 2,500 bucks. And then you need a converter and the correct, I'm going to buy a cheap one, but the correct converter, $1,000. You're talking basically four grand just for a transmission, right? So, but you have the potential to make eight, 900 horse on this setup. If you were just doing it in, hey, you could just leave the 4L60. You could just leave a 4L60, a stock 4L60 in it. Right. And then it would be cheap. Right. So, I I guess, I don't know. I think they're cheap for the horsepower they make. But maybe Dollar, not dollars per horsepower is what yeah. you're saying. 
Okay. Well, I'll tell you what is the opposite of that is a gin <laughs> gin hammy. Yeah. If I, I'll tell you right now, if I would have put the same amount of money in a just a big block Mopar, a four forty, I'd have a five twelve with easily eight hundred crank horse, easily. But we're here. I can say I have a Hemi in a car, uh, for whatever that's worth, <laughs> to, to impress literally six people in the whole world because anybody who's legitimately impressed is immediately pissed that there's no J in the Vintag and I get called a piece of shit. So I don't know why I did it, but uh, I did it. I think it was because it's what 13-year-old Sam would want. Is it? Well, Who I, didn't I, grow up wanting a 426 Hemi? Well, is what it is. Because when we were kids, they came out with the Hemi again in the Dodge pickup trucks and cars and the Hemi marketing was thick. The My favorite commercial from the Hemi era Ram truck era is obviously it was the that thing got a Hemi mm-hmm. guy which Gary has Dean's old trailer and it has that bumper sticker that that thing got mm-hmm. a Hemi question mark but my favorite one is when like this is like two years into the ad campaign the the same old boy pulls up because like, he had like a like a Camaro one time and it was slower than shit or whatever but anyway my favorite one is when he pulls up next to the Hemi truck and he's in a nostalgia front engine dragster. And he's like, Hey, I got a Hemi now too. Pulls the parachute and just blows the tires off. I remember that. My favorite commercial. <laughs> oh man, man, that thing got a Hemi and it was just ran wild in the culture back then. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which back to Mo party, I, did not have a registration sheet to put over my Vintag. Mm, unblessed. So I had a couple people walk up and shake their heads. Like, like I could almost probably like, I could do a TikTok. Like if I cared, I could like record it and like do a TikTok of like the 1700 people that come up and look at the Vintag and shake their head. Right. 1700. But what I would like is for someone to submit an idea for some kind of plaque or business card or something to either like vinyl cut out or whatever to stick on the dash or set on the dash right above the Vintag that says something to the effect of if you're looking for the J it's not here or there is no fucking J or like some kind of like super passive aggressive statement to make about the fact that my car is not a factory Hemi car but it has a a Hemi, a real Hemi in it. So where's your Hemi car question mark? I don't know. We should, some, yes. Something like that. Like, or like, where's your J or so? I don't know. Yeah. So, we should do, so well, anybody who has an idea, please reach out. I have and, the means to make this happen. Yeah. So please let me know. And I, like something super, not vulgar, but offhand and passive aggressive that like it may not have a J, but it's better than your Hemi or something. But basically something that when a guy looks at the Hemi and is like, oh, and then walks around the side of the car, looks at the Vintag instead of shaking his head. I want him to like feel just a tiny like a like a three millimeter stab knife stabbing him just kind of in the lower left ventricle of his heart, like just like. Go, just go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough of that. What, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, things. We're doing a podcast for you. <laughs> Stuff. We're, t- uh, we're talking about LS is not being as cheap as. Correct. And you're like, I'll tell you what's not cheap. <laughs> Tangent. Yeah. 
So we did a little, uh, put a roll cage in my Jeep, kind of added on to the factory cage. Yep. Uh, I really like that. Just a little extra safety, no safety first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we had my, uh, we did a little deer hunting with uh, my son, Wyatt. He missed a deer because he there was two in the field and he shot at the one that was way far away instead of the close one. Uh, he has been super afraid to shoot guns. What's and, which, what's that about, liberal? Uh, well, I don't know, but... You know what it is? You know what it is? His dad going to CrossFit competition instead yeah, of shooting guns on 21st. Well, we've got that fixed. I told him, essentially, that I've got a, one of those clamps that holds your gun on a tripod. For he's, coyote hunting or yes. whatever. Yes, and he's like, what's that? And I was like, that is a recoil reduction clamp. And he's like, I want to try it. And ever since then, he's been all about shooting guns. So he's missed youth gun season this year because he was too scared. And now he's all about gun hunting. Won't even bow hunt no more. Really? Because I told him, I was like, let's, we were shooting guns. And I said, let's, let's, you know, bow hunt this week. And he's got, a, we've got a crossbow. He shoots really well. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me. And he pats the gun. No, Dad, I'm going to use this baby. <laughs> I said, well, you got to wait another month to use that. There's and, hope for him yet. Yeah. So he loves it. He can he can hit a clay pigeon at 50 yards with a rifle, So, which this is the first year we can use rifles in Illinois, straight, straight walls, yep. mm-hmm. or bottleneck if they're small enough. I never thought I'd see the day that I could hunt deer with an AR-15 in Illinois, but it's here. Uh, you can't because AR-15s are illegal. So after the first of the year, so it's like probably the first and only year. Yep. Um. So yeah, do you you got anything else on yours? I've kind of been talking to you. Got I mean, I've got other stuff. Uh, well, picture wise, I have a lot of pictures from car runs. Uh, basically, ever since we got back from Bowling Green. Uh, been running the cars, got the dart out uh, a couple times, went on some car cruises with uh, a couple different groups of people. Um, and then two weekends ago was our annual fall run, which I've talked about on here before. And that's kind of like the grand finale of the car cruising season. Um, I basically... I, it doesn't end my season, but it, it does for most people. That's when it starts to turn cold. Um, we still like to do some cruising, you know, before the snow flies, before there's salt on the roads. You know, we have several nice days in late October, early November. Right. When you're uh, not sweating through your clothes. Right. Um, and, you know, the leaves are changing and it's just a good time to cruise, you know, the old back roads in the cars. Um, but. Before our fall run, there was the Kenny Bryan Memorial Run. So most of you guys know that there was a anhydrous ammonia accident in Teotopolis several weeks ago. Um, there were five lives lost during that that whole uh, event, and we went on the first annual Kenny Bryan Memorial Run. Uh, they raised. I've heard they raised about thirty thousand dollars during that. They had twenty something raised before, and about thirty thousand during the event um, for that family and the other affected families from that tragedy. Um, so we took the car out on that Saturday, and it ended at American Fiber, and there was a big to do there. And then the following day, Sunday, was the fall run. So the GTX got quite a few miles put on it that weekend. 
How many miles would you say you put on it since you finished, got it back running? Probably about 400. Dang. Um, but at the conclusion of the fall run, uh, it's typically a late, late lunch is the kind of the end of the fall run because it starts, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. And uh, we were in Shelbyville at, I think, Eagle Creek or whatever. And uh, leaving there, headed back to Windsor, uh, you know, radio playing or whatever, cruising down the road, I don't know, probably 55 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour, 25, 27 RPM. I started to hear a little bit of a, of a tick. And I was like, hmm, don't like that noise too much. So I shut the radio off and I was like, man, do you hear that? And she's like, yeah, kind of. So I slowed down some and it followed engine RPM. I was like, that's not what you want to hear on an engine with 400 miles on it. Um, so I pulled over at Howie's there, checked the oil, which is not a thing you can do on that car currently. Really? Because the dipstick is was always pretty difficult to get in but ever since the rebuilding the motor basically impossible you got to like hold your tongue just right give it just the right amount of twist well when we had the rear main seal debacle the oil pan was off and the dipstick enters the oil pan and should just go straight down into the oil level in the pan and then based on how far that stick is down in that oil constitutes how much oil levels in there when you pull it out well with the new oil pan and pickup setup it goes into well through the block and into the area that is the oil pan you know the oil area and instead of going straight down into the oil it hits the oil pump pickup and then that's where it's, that's why it's hard to get in because it just, it stops. It hits the oil pump pickup. And when you push it in, it goes over the oil pump pickup. So it's just floating in midair, which is possibly the reason why the rear main was leaking to begin with. Because when I filled it up to the dipstick, it was like three or four quarts over full and it just pushed it out the rear main. So I asked Dean, the guy who built the engine, what do we do about that? And at the time we were trying to get it fired up, the answer was, put seven quarts in it and run it, which in his defense, it worked fine for 350 miles. Well, the leaking and burning of the oil caused the oil level to fall. And I would traditionally get about 75 PSI of oil pressure at cruising speed, uh, about 30 ish at idle. Well, I kind of looked down to, you know, your first clue when you hear a noise, look at your oil pressure. I had oil pressure. It was about 45 to 48 PSI, less than what I like to see. But the rule, the rule of thumb on older cars is 10 PSI per 1,000 RPM. So at 3,000 RPM, you need 30 PSI. I had more than that at 2,600. Don't, don't ever say that around a Ford guy. Why? Because they need like that's, 5 that's PSI a, per 1,000? That's, that's a Chevrolet uh, thing. That's... That's not other brands. That's a Chevy thing. Does it? It's five psi for Fords, right? I don't know what it is. It's it's less they than run Chevy. Like a hundred. No, they don't. My Cleveland did. Did it? Yeah. Oh, anyway, so pull over at Howie's, check the oil, and again, can't really check it, but it was dripping down from the upper end of the engine and covered the dipsticks as useless anyway. And I was like, well, it has oil. 
<laughs> so I fired it back up and it was quiet. Kind of revved it up, you know, hitting the carburetor, standing outside the car. I tried turning it off and turning it back That's on. That's exactly what I did. And it sounded okay. So I was like, well, let's let's take off. Um, it, it has oil. It's not like empty, you know, it's got oil pressure. So we take off, go about a mile down the road and the noise comes back. And I'm like, well, shit. So I pull over and she's like, what do you think? I was like, well, I'm gonna put about a half a quart of oil in it. So put a half a quart of oil in it, fired it up on the side of the road. Sounded good. Revved it up. Sounded good. Took off down the road back towards Windsor. Got about two miles down the road. Started ticking a little bit more. Oil pressure still down around 45, 48 or whatever. We get to Windsor, and we're going to the uh, the Hangar 18 or whatever. Is where at this point everyone had done left us, and uh, we were going to catch up to the rest of the group where they were having a beer at Hangar 18. And uh, so we pull off of the highway, turn left onto the 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 main street there, and the oil pressure drops to like five or ten. And I was like, whoa! Ooh. So it it climbed right back up, <clears throat> but it dropped for a second. You know, I was like, this, I'm um, we're done. Like, so I idled it down the road to the bar, shut it off, put a quart of oil in it and then fired it back up and it sounded fine. And at this point I had 75 PSI at 2000 RPM. Like I was confident there was enough oil, but I'm, I'm, I'm holding it at about 2,500 RPM, which is about where I cruise it at, you know, 55, 60, you know, my theory in my head is, you know, over time going down the road, it fills up the valve covers with oil and then starts to starve the bottom end is my, is my thought process. So I kind of hold it at about 2,500 RPM for legitimately probably 45 seconds a minute, but it was probably, it probably felt a lot longer than that. Gary comes out of the bar and he's like, I heard you pull up and then I heard your car start and then I heard you revving it up. So I fair better come out and see what the hell's going on. And so I told him the whole story and I, in my mind, I could still hear the ticking. I, you know, and I don't know if it was just paranoia or if it was, well, I'd be paranoid too. If I had as much money in an engine as you did. Um, but, uh, anyway, I was like, can you hear it? And he's like, yeah, I hear something. And I was like, man, I, I don't know. So we shut it off and I was like, I'm just going to get the trailer. Um, and you know, we'll get this home and let Dean. And he told me to call Dean Well, he was on his way back from London, Kentucky or whatever. I was like, I'll, we'll just go get the trailer and we just won't even risk it, you know? So we, I bring it home and the resolution of that after Dean come and listen to it is, um, he thinks the valves need readjusted because the only noise he heard was from the valve train. Um, he's like, now that everything's kind of worn in and the dancing partners are tangoing mm-hmm. or whatever, how you right, say, right. uh, he's, we should probably relash them, see where they're at and get them where we want them. And, uh, he, he stood like when it, every time you fire it up, it blows a cloud of smoke. I assumed it was oil smoke from the whole spark plug situation we talked about. Um, but looking down the spark plug tube and talking to other people who have actually built Hemi's that I talked to face to face, not just people on the internet. Um, you can run the crush washers with the aluminum, uh, spark plug tubes. So I was told if there's oil in the spark plug tube, it's getting oil into the cylinder. Well, there's no oil in the spark plug tube, so therefore it's sealing. In, in in from what I've been told, that makes sense. So every time it fires up, it blows a cloud of smoke. Well, I just assumed it's oil smoke. Dean said that's that's fuel, and with it running, he stood back there and like he held his hand up and like his hand was wet with 
gas. And he's like, this sucker's running rich, which if Dean Willenberg tells you your stuff's running rich, it's, it's, rich. it's real rich. So uh, smelled the oil, and the oil has kind of got a gasoline smell to it. So it's, it's running rich enough that it's thinning out the oil with gasoline, not enough to keep the oil level in check with how much is leaking out. But um, anyway, this, the, the plan moving forward is get the oil pan off, figure out a dipstick situation and dean says if we can't figure out a dipstick he's like just take that shit off of there put a stock pan on it all the more you're going to do with this car six quarts is plenty but i hate not to use a 600 oil pan which will fit on any other big block so i can use it on any other project but i'd still like to run it because it's you know i cut the k member to fit it whatever anyway so we're gonna try and fix the dipstick issue and obviously change the oil and we're going to throw a new set of spark plugs in it anyway because it's been running so rich. They're probably all mm-hmm. gassed out. And then we're going to rejet the carburetor and, like I said, lash the valves. And hopefully she's good to go after that. So, Which is pretty stout now, but it's not blow your socks off. If you lean it out more, I bet it'll pick, pick up quite pick a bit. Pick up a little bit, yeah. I, I would say so, too, because and I, I've been telling other people this, like, it never felt like it was loaded up, but when you drive shit boxes for a living, for a living, <laughs> and uh, the Department of Homeland <laughs> shit boxes, <laughs> and you're just and 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 like I've I you know the dart I've I've had it running for such an amount of time and I kind of have a rapport with it and I I just you just. Maybe it's just me, but I've I've had other people tell me they they feel this way too. Like you get a feeling in your guts about what's going on inside your engine. Like mm-hmm. you, like you have no proof, you have no data, but you just get a feeling in your guts about it. And driving the car, you know, thinking about how rich it runs, smelling how rich it runs, and just the thought going through your head, like I've been cruising this at 30 miles an hour, you know, at 1600 RPMs for 15 minutes now. Like I just get a feeling that it's got, it's loaded up. Like it's not running bad, but I just got the feeling like it it needs feeling lazy. It needs cleaned out. You know what I mean? And plus who doesn't want to hear a 472 Hemi sing, right? So, you know, you pull out on the highway off the country road and you just, wow, just lay into it. There's just a cloud. I mean, a big black cloud of gas behind you, you know? So I don't know where I was going with that story, but basically it's, it's, it's definitely probably due for some spark plugs, which I own and new tubes, which I own and, you know, just leaned out a little bit. And so if it's running that rich, to where we can lean it out, I feel like it'll it'll definitely it's already impressive, but impress me a little more. It's dollar dollar per horsepower since we were talking about that. It Terrible is investment. Underwhelming, but it does sound good. So well, if you wanted to upset the Mopar guys, you could have put an LS in it. Well, I've had. Ooh, that's what you should put. There may be no J, but at least it's not an LS. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've had like at least seven people tell me you should have just put an LS in it. And I was like, well, like Mopar guys. No, no, hell no. All right. I was going to say it'd be funny, but no, no. Um, LS guys mainly. Um, but yeah, I, 
Uh, I mean, if you're gonna upset them, you might as well, might as well at least got some drivability out of it. Yeah, I've I've got a Mopar product with an LS, and and that's the only one I'll have, except for the second one that I'm gonna build. <laughs> I'll have two. They'll be the same thing though. But dang Kibbs and their Chevrolets. But it, it's not gonna piss anybody off because nobody cares. Nobody cares. That. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I care, but I don't count. So. I, I, you know, I, I tell everybody like I'm a boomer in training because <laughs> this, this kid took a rust free Comanche bed. They don't exist. Like it's hen's teeth and he cut a hole in it for the sump of the fuel of the fuel cell. Like the hell's wrong with you, dude? Like, why, why would you do such a thing? But Hey, what do I know? What do you know? I've, I've done dumber when I was his age. So we're going to segue into my constant, um, uh, struggle with the two loves in my life. Okay. So on one hand, I have this Falcon that does not run. I'm all, I've been excited. I've never been more excited about anything than this Falcon. Okay. Everybody gives me a hard time about not having this Falcon running, but I also have another love in my life, which is my Jeep. And the last year it's been running, I've just had a ball with it. Like, it's just... More, would you say you've had more fun with your orange one than your red one? Yes. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe we've I've just done more with it. But I feel like I've done quite a bit with the red one. Unpopular opinion? Because it's an automatic. Uh, Probably not that as much as it's more built it okay. looks meaner okay like when you when you walk away from my old four-door it was just had a two-inch budget boost and you're, it had stock rear bumper and stuff like this one looks mean six inch lift and 37s and i don't have to worry about hitting stuff and i think i've wheeled this one more uh, i would agree with that yeah so we went to the land between the lakes trip with it and and there's more stuff done on this that I want. I've got rock lights on it, which up until recently had only just lit up a mall parking lot. Right. But, um, so everybody gives me a hard time about not having my Falcon done, but I've also got a Jeep that I build, maintain, and use. So, Sam... I shouldn't even say this on air because Josh Stork's going to hear it and harass me. But Sam has elephant. Oh, this is some punny stuff. Sam has elephant given me an, a white elephant gift of an elephant motor. Right. And he gave me a 5.7 Hemi out of a car, which apparently is what hen's, you want. Hen's teeth. Yeah. So I think I've made the decision to go back to I'm going to Hemi swap my Jeep. And I know there's going to be some hate. Nobody likes Hemis because of reliability, but I feel like I want to keep AC and cruise. And I do not think an LS is cheaper to swap because a Hemi wiring harness is $1,300. An LS wiring harness to make everything work is three $3,500. Yep. A Jeep transfer case bolts up to a Hemi transmission. Yep. 
a Jeep transfer case needs a $600 adapter for GM transmission. Right. They say the LSs are easier to cool and easier to fit in a Jeep, but people do Hemis all the time. Resale would be better on a Hemi. I for sure. Like. Yep. If, if, a, if a guy cared about that. Yeah, I don't foresee me selling it ever, but you never know. And if I Hemi swap it, then I also have a six liter LS I can put in something else. For sure. So. Which I have a 4L60. I'm super excited. You have two 4L60s. I do. Well, I'm going to use one of them. I would sell the one in the, in the I'd sell the two wheel drive one. Right. Anyway. So I'm currently, you know, basically dating two women as far as projects go because I'm really enjoying my Jeep, but I also really want to get my Falcon going. So this last weekend, we had my brother's bachelor party at Windrock. We had a Jeep slash UTV trip. This was the first time I've been wheeling without kids since I got back into wheeling. Since you've had kids? <clears throat> yeah. So the first time we went to Windrock, we did 96 miles in two days. The second time we did 63 miles in two days because I had some cooling fan trouble. This last weekend, in two days and one evening, we did 140 miles. Which, how does that make you feel? It was awesome. Okay. I seen so much of Windrock I have not seen in a Jeep. I've seen it in a Razor. Yep. Uh, I'm finally getting to where I've seen a lot of Windrock. You know, mm -hmm. you're going on a trail, you're like, I've been here before. Sure. Uh, we did Panther Rock, which okay. was cool. Yep. Uh, went to the radio tower, which I've not been to since. The uh, radar tower? Radar. The radar station? Radar yeah. station. Yeah, that's cool. It kind of sucks being with people who don't give a shit. Right. you're like, oh, you know, Cold War, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, whatever. What's for lunch? Yeah. you're just like, oh. Uh, I'll go fuck myself. Yeah, we went to the prison. But normally when we go to the prison, we take the road. We went to the prison all on trails mm -hmm. and came out, you know, a mile yep. from the prison. Did you do the like the like the twisty, twir turny, windy road down the hill? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when we left, we went through town. Remember when? So when me, you, Cody, and Ross went, technically it was a wheeling trip without kids. Right. And we we went down that trail and got almost to the prison, and there was a gate. Yeah. And we had to go through the creek to go around it. Uh -huh. Well, that gate is open. Okay. So we came. It was like 43 mm -hmm. and then went down the hill where you can see the prison as you're coming down the hill. Yep. The line was so long at the prison to eat that we went down the road to the grill that we ate at. Crushy Mountain Grill. Crushy yeah. Mountain Grill. And then we came back and we hit the trails back and we went through, uh, I always say Petros, but they say it different. Petros or something. It, it, it's Petros anyway. That's what I call it. I don't care. I'm yeah. not. They, I ain't, I ain't from down there. Yeah, the the hill folk call it like Petros or something. Sure. So we went back through town and it's like, man, I've like been here before. You know, we had to go through that creek. Yeah. And we just did it. Like I had to fill my Jeep up with gas. Yeah. And that don't happen much on wheeling trips. You know, it, it was just awesome. It, seen Panther Rock, the radar station. Uh, took trails all the way to the prison to eat. There's an old prison, which we've talked to on a past episode. You did Devil's Elbow, I saw. We did not do Devil's Elbow. You went down it. No, you went down Devil's Elbow. Devil's Elbow. That was 80-something, 80 82. 
Really? Yeah, it's just a Devil's Elbow was on 57. Yeah, 57A. This was on 82 or 81 or something. It's a short trail. Oh, I thought Greg sent me videos of Devil's Elbow. That was not Devil's Elbow. I wanted to do Devil's Elbow. I uh, just didn't get there. Anyway, continue. Uh, it was great. We, it was my brother's bachelor party. We just had a bunch of men between the age of 30 and 35. We brought five fifths of whiskey. No, three fifths of whiskey. Nobody took a single drink of whiskey. There was no hangovers. Like, it was just great. Like, we were just responsible adults hanging out for my brother's, you know, last hurrah and, and just did a ton of trails. Our only breakage was my brother's winch cable. Yeah. And which Greg spliced for you. Yeah. And then it broke in a different spot. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Which is a nice thing about rope. Um, Greg, what was our other breakage? Oh, Greg's cooling fan went out on his Jeep. Okay. But then the best thing is Greg is so against, which if you ever listen to this, I love you, but I don't think he listens to this. Greg is so against going through the gate at Winrock because he has a, a problem with authority. <laughs> and we are doing nothing wrong, nothing illegal. He just doesn't like confrontation and the authority getting in his business and they right. want to go through your cooler. He's got a problem with that. Check, check your pass. Look at your cooler. Yeah. So we're rolling up. I'm first in line. They're you're, going, at, you're at the main gate at the main gate. They're against his will, but that's the quickest way to the prison. Yep. He absolutely was trying to avoid the main gate all weekend. So they're going through my cooler. There's two park rangers there. Mm -hmm. They are going through my brother's cooler and his razor. He's second in line. Well, Greg is third in line. Well, Greg's like preemptively, I'm going to dig in my back seat and get my cooler out to show these people I'm not a criminal. Mm -hmm. Well, he's still rolling when he's turned around digging in his cooler. So he grabs his cooler. He's got a small like lunchbox. He which why he brought lunch when we were going to lunch. I don't know. <laughs> Eagle Scout. Yeah, <laughs> I get stranded. So he turns around, realizes I'm about to hit my cousin Brandon's razor. Yeah, panics, hits the gas. Oh no! Hits the back of my brother's razor so hard. It's the it's such a loud noise. Bust. <laughs> Every piece of plastic from the back seat's back who crushes his Trinity exhaust. Oh my God. Yes. And just, I mean, it was so loud. So my, I shouldn't say this on, <laughs> on air. My brother has yearly passes for Winrock between him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, they were trying to pass one of our other buddies off as a dude. Oh. Named Angel. Okay. So the they were getting questioned pretty heavy on this path. <laughs> and, and they're like, Is your are you really this person? And in that moment, Greg kamikazes <laughs> in the back <laughs> of my brother's razor and makes a noise. I mean, it was like I thought somebody's car blew up. Oh, like, Jesus. It was that loud. I mean, imagine every piece of plastic on the back of a razor breaking as well as a thousand dollar exhaust system. Uh -huh. So we all get out the park rangers, you know, they forget about our coolers and everything. <laughs> We're like, what is this? And Greg's great. Oh, Greg's just embarrassed. 
Greg like pulls out his cooler. Here's the cooler you need to see, you know, and all this. Can we go now? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And so we start going down. We go up the hill and turn on 22, uh, which is a, a medium trail to start heading toward the prison. And I'm driving and like, dude, just for like at 15 minutes, I just like, I'm just dying laughing. And finally I was like, I got to pull over. So we pull over and I'm like, what the hell was that back there? He's like, God damn it. I thought that is a fucking totally preventable mistake. And it's just, you know, he's embarrassed. We're all just laughing. You know, when razors come down the trail, we like radio and we've got radios. We're like, Greg, razors are coming. Do not hit them. <laughs> he's like, screw you guys. So that was, that was the main carnage. Jeez. Wow, uh, I didn't. I had not heard about that. No, I guess I hadn't told you, but it was it was fucking hilarious. So like the whole day, we're like, yeah, you know, just any joke we could make about it. Like poor Greg. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's like, oh, that's gay. Not as gay as the ass pounding Greg's Jeep gave Brandon's razor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Of course, like his like shackle hit the exhaust just right just to ruin it you know yeah just one of those it just was just wrong to be right and yeah like not a scratch on on oh no not a scratch on greg's jeep at all yeah (laughs) so he's like he's like honestly if if everybody wasn't here i'd just go home he's like just ruin the whole day i'm like well i think it's hilarious yeah i'm glad you did it because (laughs) it got it got angel through the gate Oh man, it was it was fun. It was fun, but I I have, is the most fun I've had wheeling, and and I've been having fun every time. Honestly, I've been going. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, we used to go and just wheel on our lives, wheel an hour and break, and yeah. like now you start running tanks of gas through your Jeep, and it's pretty sweet. Well, you said one time, I think you asked Randy, like, how do if my nothing breaks, how do I know <laughs> when, when, when to go, go home? home? <laughs> That was when we wheeled Mission Impossible with Travis. Okay. Who's the listener? He invited me one time and his Jeep wasn't ready. So we took my Jeep and we wheeled like the whole day. And uh, I think his son ended up getting sick, like with a fever or something, had to go to the hospital. So we left early. And, but I was like, if you wheel and don't break, how do you know when to go home? This, this is new for us. Yes. Which, speaking of wheeling and don't break, the last couple of days we've had some major nostalgia poisoning. Oh, um, definitely. I don't. I don't remember what uh, was it, it. It was it time hop. It was time hop because it popped up my MJ. Uh, the video where we in the very first time we tried to start it on a turbo propane setup and the boost tube exploded. Yes. And we were gun shy for like the well, next forever. And then we were started the Jeep with a wire yep. ran from the starter to the battery. Yeah. And you were in control of that. And when it exploded, I took off running. Well, when I dropped it, the wire fell on the battery and started cranking it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm outside. I'm not <laughs> even in the garage. You're like, quit cranking. I'm like, I'm not even in here. <laughs> oh, shoot. But anyway, then uh, um, I started going back and watching all the old videos that I put on YouTube, like with just the cringiest titles, you know, like. Oh my God. It was more, more. It was just awful. But anyway, yeah. Like just 
And and I got to the and and John actually called me on on Messenger. Which John, if you want my phone number to call me on the telephone, you you're more than welcome. But anyway, um, we talked for a while about that Jeep and like this like the whole story behind it, and like it was just a whole snowball. Like since he was to, like. It, like, it, what's the deal with this Jeep? Like, I'm about to tell you a fucking story. <laughs> Pulls up podium, shuffles note cards. Yeah. Like, um, but anyway, it, it was a whole thing. We could do a deep dive on it. We one need episode to. We need something. to do a deep dive on like that Jeep and my my Cherokee. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we went back and watched those all those old videos, and I'm like, man, I freaking miss that thing. Like, we like. We were talking about just today, actually, how like we were just retarded. Like we were, <laughs> we were building four fans on a one five amp switch yes. with no relay and just loving life. Like had no idea it was the best times of our lives. And you were like, "We don't do cool shit like that anymore." I'm like, "We're literally gonna do drag and drive with an LSMJ. Like we're doing cool shit, you know." Yeah. Uh, but and then you said, "Well, at this like at this point in my life, I can not worry about." if I can put two gallons, four gallons, or a full tank of gas in my Jeep. So yeah, like we just got different problems now. Yeah, we just just exchanged problems for well, different problems. Uh, the Richard Workman, who started Heartland Dental, yeah. he they had like a thing for uh, it was like 25 years of Heartland Dental or something, and he talked about every single person has 100 problems a day. Okay. You just need to make sure your hunter problems are important problems. Sure. You know, okay. and not. So you're always going to have a hundred problems a day. Just what hundred problems do you want to deal with? Make sure they're worth dealing with yeah. or whatever. I got you. So, I got you. Let's do a Joe Rogan style pee break. Okay. All right. All right we'll be back. All right, and we're back. All right, we're back. We're back. So we don't really, we kind of got talking off air here and forgot where we were. So we're going to transition into iPhone versus Android. Yes, sir. So as an Android user, my whole life, well, I shouldn't say my whole life because I had, you know, had phones that weren't smartphones, but I've always had an Android smartphone and always been... Um, Mentally, emotionally, and at times physically abused by iPhone people. Physically? <clears throat> Possibly. It's my story. Okay, it's your story. Got it. So, my speaker on my phone is pretty janky, and it's about two years old. It's, and, it's done for. Yeah, and my wife has been an iPhone person the whole time I've known her. Well, she had a BlackBerry on them people. No kidding. <clears throat> yes, sir. She was a businesswoman. Business. Ah, uh, got to, you know, I can text real fast to that full keyboard. Yes. And so she's always been an iPhone person. It's always been a little bit of a rub in our relationship, but it's been more of a rub in my friendships. So I called Sam the other day. I was like, Sam, you know I need a new phone. He's like, yeah, hell yeah, you do. And because it bothers him the most. <laughs> well, because you're listening to TikToks and shit on your on your phone, and apparently you can hear it just fine, but all I hear is... Oh, I can't hear it just fine. When, when people call me for, like, work, I'm just like, oh, let me call you back, and I have to, like, get in a car and use Bluetooth. Yeah, exactly. So, I was like, talk me into an iPhone. 
and he didn't really have much at first. And I was like, we should do an episode on this. So be thinking. So Sam, talk me into an iPhone. So full disclosure, I haven't been thinking. Okay. Um, but the, the biggest thing <clears throat> as far as the pros of an iPhone is plays nice with others. Um, and by plays nice with others, I mean other iPhones. Mm -hmm. Because Android will tell you it's Apple's fault, and Apple will tell you it's Android's fault. But the two cannot coexist. Um, it's, I, I can't tell you the reason why, but iPhones have horizontal integration figured out. And Android has their their version of horizontal integration figured out. And I guess I guess the best way that I could describe it is like um the an an iPhone is a pimp and a Android is a slut. Okay. So like, you know, the old the old argument like, well, if if a guy sleeps with a bunch of girls, he's a player. But if a girl sleeps with a bunch of guys, she's a slut. Well, there's like, if, if one lock, if one key opens many locks, it's a master key. If one, if any key can open a lock, it's a shitty lock. Right. Well, that's kind of how I, I would describe the iPhone. Okay, and I'm not connecting these. Dots. Uh, I'm getting there. Okay. God. So an iPhone <laughs> hey. within, within its realm. Three of existence integrates seamlessly with other Apple products, which I have none of, which you have none of, which is fine. This is like getting into Milwaukee tools. Exactly. Exactly. So just do it. An, an iPhone will play nice with any other iPhone of any age or generation. It plays nice with iPads. It plays nice with Apple watches, any Apple device, a Mac computer, anything they, they work seamlessly within their own realm. Whereas Android just works with anything. Like you can, like you can Bluetooth your Android, your Samsung Android to uh, Motorola, whatever. And it'll work just fine. But it doesn't work the other way when it comes to Apple. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but Android and Apple, they, it's just, it's just, it's just oil and water. They don't, they do not play nicely. And we have a group text between Dozer, Cody, Kyle, and myself. Dozer's the only one with an Android. And if Kyle sends a video to our group chat, that is, has one Android phone in that text thread, the 1080p HD quality video turns down like worse than the old Motorola Razor flip phone. <laughs> like, like literally I could draw a better picture with a, with a crayon than what comes through on our text thread. And we have to resort to using Facebook messenger for any kind of multimedia sharing. Um, so I guess there's no really argument for you to get an Apple other than ones that are self-serving is, is what I, what I will start with. Okay. Um, I was the 
biggest diehard Android guy until I got a free phone from work. And it was, you can either have an Android or you can and and have your own phone plan and pay for it yourself or you can have this free iPhone and I was like I'll take the free iPhone. So and the reason for that is communication within our organization is seamless because we're all on Apple products and it makes for much easier communication between coworkers and all of our text threads that we have because everyone's on Apple. But the moment we get a new employee that has an Android, they're not included in the group text because they ruin it. I mean, it literally ruins the group text. And anyone who has an iPhone will understand what we're talking about. And if you have an Android, you don't have any fucking clue because your group texts have always been shitty. You don't know what it's like. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, and aside from any teenage girl reasons why it's better, there really aren't any. It's just it's just the smoothness and seamlessness of it. Like I can react to different text messages individually. I can reply to text message individually, similar to how it is on Facebook. Like if there's a comment thread on Facebook, you can reply to this one comment and it makes sense chronologically on Facebook, but you cannot do that in a text message thread that you're in in our iPhone group. And that's where the situation like Cody is busy and 12 hours later, he's like, ha ha, that's hilarious. And like, bro, my dog just died. It's not hilarious. So, oh, I was talking about the joke from 12 hours ago. You know what I mean? Right. Well, in an iPhone text thread, he could reply directly to the message that he thought was funny. Oh, okay. Um, and then obviously the multimedia thing. And uh, other than that, that, that's basically where the pros end for an iPhone because as well as they work with their own Apple kind of own little world, they don't work for shit else. Well, w one of my hangups too was always the propri proprietary chargers. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was bullshit, but now they have a USB-C. Yeah, so the new that. the new iPhones have a USB-C. Google is always listening and stealing your data, which they say an iPhone is supposedly not as bad, but it is. It is. Um, so I'm not sure there's a winner there, but I, I don't know. I just, I probably have more iPhone friends than Android and maybe I should just switch over. I know my truck has CarPlay in it. My Jeep has CarPlay in it. So maybe it's just that time. So CarPlay works as well as whatever Android has their own version of it. Right. Which is, um. Like Android Drive or something, I think. Yeah, whatever. It, it works as well. The difference is the way the apps interact. Like, because Android is a slut, like, and, and, and you made the comment like, oh, well, this app is available on Android, but not for Apple. Well, the answer is Apple yet, because it's much more difficult to be a, to develop an app for Apple than it is to develop an app for Android. So your kind of entry level apps for like some obscure, like bullshit you buy for your car or like your whip lights or whatever, mm -hmm. um, is going to be easier to make an app for an Android than it is for an Apple. Um, 
Apple computers are less likely to be have malware and and viruses and things. And they say it's not even a such thing, but I'm sure it is. But it's just far less likely than a Windows or a or an Android. Um, but as far as like the way all the apps integrate with each other, like during CarPlay, like if I'm driving your truck to Tennessee, my Apple Maps integrates seamlessly with my Spotify integrates seamlessly with whatever, whatever else is going on on my phone. And it's in two places at once on the CarPlay and on the phone. And then if you have the Apple watch, it works seamlessly again, like I said, because like my phone can be, which I don't have an Apple watch, but I have plenty of friends that do like my phone can be in another state and you can call me and I can have a conversation on my watch and like my watch can find my phone and vice versa. Um, my wife uses her find my phone on her Apple watch all the time. Right. Which arguably having a watch causes you to lose your phone more, I would say, because you know, you, everybody has a mild panic attack when they tap their pocket and their phone's not there. And if your watch can perform most functions that your phone can do, you're less likely to need your phone as often. So you tap your pocket left less often and therefore you have a more propensity to leave your phone somewhere. Yeah. Which my wife is always like, crap, where's my phone? Like we'll be driving. Do, do I have my phone? She looks at her watch. Like it's connected to my phone. It's gotta be in the car somewhere. Right. So I may give it a try. Honestly, the replying to the comment and group messages, what sold me. Really? I think so. I don't know why, but I'm just. So Nick McCormick, he, he has an iPhone now and, uh, he, he, he hates it. He has an iPhone and hates it. And he's like, and, and if you're listening to this, Nick, you, you should like send me an email and tell me like your exact thoughts on this. But all I recall is this, this black box in my hand is fantastic at doing literally everything I need to do except making a phone call. It's a phone. It should be able to make a phone call. It's fucking shit for making a phone call. And he just goes on a tangent about making a phone call. And one thing I'll give him, which Android will tell you that every new feature an Apple has, they came up with 10 years ago. And on some level, that's probably true. But give Apple time and we'll get there. You know what I mean? But his his thing, which I'll give him this. This is fantastic. Like, I have a favorites section for my phone calls, right? And I have to manually set that up. Well, in an Android, I guess some of them, maybe all of them, I don't know. Like the people you fucking talk to the most are just automatically like, like how, like how MySpace had your top five. Mm -hmm, like that's right. how an Android is. Like if you call this son bitch, he's like, you may not even have his fucking phone number saving your phone, but if you call him twice a day, he's number one in your, in right. your favorites or whatever. Well, iPhone doesn't do that. And then your recent calls only goes like 60 calls or whatever. So if like you scroll down to the bottom of your call list, it's 60 calls or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it stores them all. My, but, but my, you, my calls go back to June 5th. Right. And so, and he used to use that a lot because like he talked to a vendor. He knows it was, he knows it was on June 31st. So he'll scroll all the way back to June 31st. Like there's the guy, there's the number. I'll call that guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, technically it's on the iPhone, but you have to delete your recent calls as they, 
as you delete the recent calls, then the earlier ones will populate the top 60, I guess. But, uh, it, yeah, he says, he says, I love the phone that does everything absolutely awesome except for making a phone call. Like, to use it as a phone, it is garbage. So, I mean, I, I spend pretty much all day talking on mine, and so does Cody, and don't have any trouble with it. But um, I thought the not having buttons thing was going to be a major hang-up when I first... Uh, when I first got one going from an Android and it was a learning curve. I won't lie to you, but now that there's no button at all, like I don't even hold, like I was a holdout for a long time going from whatever the eight I had to mm-hmm. whatever I have now where it has no button at all. I was like, this is, I, this I, is I, serious I, gourmet shit. I can't, I, I can't do it. Can't do it. And like, if anybody listening remembers like the, any iPhone from the number one to like, I think iPhone six, the home button always fucking quit. And I can remember years ago going to Cody's shop. He used to do iPhone repair. Yeah. You remember that? He'd do yeah, screens. Yeah, yeah. He'd do screens and home buttons because the home buttons would quit. And there's like the little white dot that you could add to your home screen to use like an, a touch screen home button instead of a home button. And uh, now that I don't have a home button, I like, uh, like if I had a phone with a button, I'd be like, what the fuck do you want me to do with this piece of shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But like it's, and and not to go teenage girl about it, but it's it's almost intuitive now. And app developers have developed their apps in the same way. Like you're used to swiping now on like your Instagram, right, or TikTok. Like you swipe up, you swipe up, you swipe left, you swipe right to like go from like the messenger, like Instagram messages. Then you swipe right, and it goes over to your Instagram feed, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's how the iPhone works all the time. Gotcha. Like you're just moving your thumb the way you, you eventually you you figured out. You but like, like tender your way to your next app. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how it works. Swipe right. The only the my biggest bitch, my biggest bitch about an iPhone, and you can take this to the bank. Your Android, there's a button on like the top, the bottom left, bottom right, or whatever. Oh, this fucker's covered in buttons. <laughs> and you hit, it brings up like your your main app list or whatever, mm-hmm. like everything that's open, and there's a close all button. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I do it all the time. Yeah, I ain't got close that. All. I you have to physically close every app, which you can do it in a hurry. Just swipe, 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 swipe. But I have so many fucking apps open all the time. When I finally, at the end of the day, close all my apps, there's 200 of them, and it takes me like a couple seconds to fucking flip them all out of the way. So the okay. as my as my biggest bitch about an iPhone, there's no close all button. So Steve Jobs, if you're listening <laughs> from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> send send us a send us a iOS update seventeen thousand point seventeen and we'll uh we'll get that close all button put on. update. <laughs> so send send us messages on iPhone versus Android. Yeah, if you if you're an Android guy, tell me why it's better than Apple, or if you're an Apple guy, tell me why it's better than an Android. So yes. How far are we into this? Uh, one hour forty minutes. Mm, that's pretty long, but I think we have uh, time for one card. For one, questions? one card, one, one card. card. Questions for human cards. Uh, what reoccurring dream do you have? Ooh, an ah reoccurring dream. I don't really have one. I, I don't. I can't. Let's do another one. This one's stupid. I I know there is one, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> what technology blows your mind? Hmm. Uh. Artificial intelligence, yeah, by far. Artificial intelligence, for sure. By far, yeah. It's scary and 
exciting. So, so specifically, what blows my mind the most is, uh, I was on Joe Rogan or whatever, a TED Talk or something. It's the one where they gave AI a Wi-Fi router and a camera, and they watched a room full of people for like a couple days, and then they took the camera offline. And the AI was able to recreate the human's positions in the room based on the way the Wi-Fi waves were bouncing around the room. Have you seen that? Oh, I, ba- haven't, basically, I haven't. Basically, haven't at the same. Basically, time. AI now can watch us. Watch us digitally. In every, so every Wi-Fi router in the world is now a camera and knows and can see through walls yes. and everything. Yeah. Like that, that is scary I and impressive. I forgot about that. But you have seen that. But, so there's a movie out there where they use all the cameras in the world to find like criminals. Yeah. And once again, they, whatever they're doing to us, they put it on TV. Mm-hmm. And you, so you're like, well, that only happens on TV. Like, yeah, that's probably already happening. Yeah. I, I, I need to Google it after we're done because I remember that it was a good movie. But like basically there, there was like a master computer that could, Oh, like any open source video surveillance from an ATM camera or a traffic camera mm-hmm. or whatever, like it could facial recognition yes. and find a criminal or whatever, which kind of happens already. Kind of already happens. Like conspiracy theory, I heard, I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but I believe it, I guess. Like I can see it. Um, COVID was a litmus test for facial recognition for obscured faces. Like we mandated masks so that we could train AI to do facial recognition for partially obscured faces. Okay, not impossible. So, like, I don't think so, but if it was, I'd be like, not surprised. Good, 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 good way to do it, right? So. Yes. One more. One more. What are you pumped up about right now? What am I? I'm pumped up that we're back in the saddle. We're back in the saddle for uh, for doing podcasts and. Yesterday, I was super pumped up for getting the MJ turboed and uh, doing some drag week shit. But today, I'm intimidated by the 4L80 on my tailgate and shit's getting real mm-hmm. and kind of poisoned by nostalgia on from your wheel and trip talk and the MJ videos popping up on Time Hop. I'm... I'm kind of jazzed to do some wheeling in the future too. So my my Jeep, I'm jazzed more as jazzed about as ever. But I don't want to start the V8 swap because I don't need three non-running projects. Okay. So the six cylinder does just fine for the most part. I do love when people ride with me, and I'm like bumping over a ledge, and I just floor it, floor it. You just floor it. And we get up over the ledge, and I look at him and go, that was floored. And they're like, what? I was like, that was wide open. Wide open. Which And we did that merging onto a divided highway down at Oliver Springs. Yeah. Um, we got on because we had to go get Greg's uh, cooling fan in... Um, O'Reilly. Yes, in um, Oak Ridge. And we merged onto the highway, and they're like, get going. I was like, this is wide open. Yeah, <laughs> Get out and push. Yeah. But uh, uh, back to aliens, we Randy and I listened to a uh, Sean Ryan show, the senator from Tennessee that headed all the the alien Congress stuff mm-hmm. is from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and he was talking about like 
Oak Ridge and the nuclear bomb and talking about the people. So like his grandma and grandpa both worked at Oak Ridge building the nuclear bomb Mm -hmm. and they didn't meet there. They worked like in the same hallway and one built the fuse and the other one built a defuser. And as they were dating, they didn't even know that the other person worked there. Right. And they didn't, the people that worked at Oak Ridge didn't even know they were building a nuclear bomb. Right. So they, they call it decompartmentalization. Decar- de, uh, that's right. And they said that's how the whole government works. Yes. That's why nobody knows the bullshit. One, one hand on. does not know what the other is does doing. Does not. No, and they keep it that way on purpose. There, there, uh, I saw a TikTok, not to drag this on, but I saw a TikTok about how the Manhattan Pot Project was leaked. Did you, did you see that TikTok? Uh-uh. So... Super long story short, I'm going to butcher this, but I'll give you the fucking cliff notes. So they brought everyone out to Los Alamos where they developed, they actually test the nuclear bomb, right? Well, they got all these fucking nuclear physicists and astrophysicists and all these super smart motherfuckers together in this town in the middle of the fucking desert, right? Well... You uproot your whole life, bring your whole family out to the middle of the desert, right? And there's people from all over the United States. Well, there was this science fiction writer who had a comic book strip or whatever. And whatever the name of the, the comic book was, was like fucking Buck Rogers, whatever. It was not it. But like, let's just say it was Buck Rogers, right? Well, all of a sudden, instead of sending 700 copies of his magazine all over the United States, he started sending 500 copies of his magazine to Los Alamos. And he made a comic strip about all these scientists in the desert building a nuclear bomb. And the fucking CIA calls him like, who fucking told you? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, who fucking told you? He's like, oh, I just kind of put two and two together. And uh, they're like, well, what do you mean? And uh, he kind of explained the fact like, well, I know who subscribes. Like, it's a bunch of fucking nerds reading my right. fucking bullshit. And now they're all in the same place in the desert. Like, there's only a couple of things you could be doing in the middle of the fucking desert with 500 fucking nerds. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, like, that event, like, changed government policy about how things are done in the government as far as, like, mail forwarding and stuff. And then one more thing about that. Have you heard the Pizza Hut conspiracy? No. So, um, the uh, there was a guy who, like, took public data from Pizza Hut and he connected a bunch of dots that anytime some big shit went down the night before the fucking pizza delivery to the fucking Capitol building or the White House like went fucking nuts. And essentially the idea is like when some big shit's going down, like everyone's working late in the government and they all get pizza delivered. So like, and this was in the nineties, like during Bill Clinton or whatever. And he published a story basically like, and it was like right at the beginning of the internet. And he like, he had a blog where he's like, something big is going down tomorrow. And it was like, boom, something like, and it it was right right, like 10 or 15 times. So they basically hot, like they shut him down. They shut the website down and then they changed like, like hired like 500 new employees. And their only job is to go get like pizza when they're, when big shit's going down. And they have to drive all over Washington, D.C. to multiple pizza places to get pizza. And they have to drive it like they can't get delivery anymore at the Capitol when you're working on some top secret shit. Oh, man. That's pretty cool, really. That's kind of like the Waffle House Index. Exactly. It's exactly like that. Yes. 
which we've talked about on this show before. If you don't know what it is, Google the Waffle House Index. Yeah, it's typically referring to natural disasters. But anyway. Yes. You can judge how bad a natural disaster is on how many Waffle Houses are closed. Yeah. And during COVID, almost all of them were. It was bad. It's, it was it's bad the disaster. worst disaster on the Waffle House Index. Yeah. So... Okay, so what did we learn today? So I learned that new stands for never, ever worked. Mm-hmm. That an LS swap, while maybe not the least expensive, is the best horsepower per dollar. Yes. And don't ever let Greg drive behind you. <laughs> what did you learn? I learned um, swap meets are Chevy heavy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you think an LS is expensive, you ought to build a Gen 2 Hemi. Yep. Um, Sam's missing J is better than your Hemi. Mm-hmm. And the iPhone is the pimp of technology. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, here comes your test, sir. Uh, for your Snap-on part number. Yeah. Let's do HBBD 16. 16-ounce ball-peen hammer red. Nice. There you go. Very nice. That is correct. I try to keep them easy. That that was an easy I, one. I had to do I had to do one easy one and one one, one obscure one. Yeah. Let's do this. Um H B F E four eight. Forty eight ounce red dead blow soft face hammer. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for I, I don't know if if anybody still listens to us now, because we've left you hanging so long, if you found a new podcast full of idiots, but uh, we don't blame you. If you haven't, thanks for sticking with us for a year. It's been been hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. People have listened to us jack our jaws more than we ever thought, even though we're still not that big. But it's uh, it's humbling and gratifying to, to know that people enjoy us making mouth noises at each other. And so. And it's like not to be like all full of yourself or whatever, but it, it feels pretty good when somebody random in public comes up to you like, Hey, I know you. Yeah, I know your voice. Yeah. So thanks for that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't be don't, shy. Come talk to us. Yeah. We're not popular enough yet. Anyway, I, even still, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd turn down talking to anybody. That's right. So it's the salesman in us, I guess something like that. So, well, thanks for riding along with uh, us, guys. And y'all have a good day or night or whatever you're doing when you listen to this. Catch you on the next one. See ya.